fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live, it's the way that we live. And I Hi, I'm Reese. And I'm Carly. And this is To To Ellen Back. Hey guys, it's (laughs) us reporting live from quarantine. Mm -hmm. Still happening. It's still happening and will continue to be happening. Mm -hmm. Hope everyone's staying home. You should be staying home. Unless you have to go to work. Unless you have to go to work. Or do a good deed. Oh yeah, like like yesterday I brought a puzzle to a friend of mine. And I left it on the sidewalk outside her house. Oh, that's so nice. And then when I got back in my car, she came out and got it. And it was Carly, a lovely transaction. Carly. Yes. If you brought me butter today, I could leave you a puzzle. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's okay. Good. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about which puzzle after. <laughs> okay. um, cool. To Ellen Back, <clears throat> it's an auto straddle podcast wherein we talk about puzzles and grocery stores and also recap every single episode of The L Word. One a week until we get to the end or one of us dies. Right. Who knows? Today we have a very special guest who has requested to be a special guest on this episode many moons ago before we even began recording the first episode of this season. And so we're so happy to have her here today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yes. <laughs> um, I'm Kayla Kumari Paja. I did indeed request to be on this episode um, before the podcast even launched. So <laughs> it'd be pretty messed up if it was not me here today. <laughs> we were talking about like travel plans, like we were going to have you in LA. Yeah. Like we were talking about this for months and then this happened and now we were able to do it virtually. So yeah, I was fully planning on coming to LA and yeah. um, then... I thought that my dream of being on this episode was over until <laughs> um, I was contacted by your lovely producer. <laughs> well, we're not really in the business of destroying anyone's dreams. We let the show no. do that itself, but we want to help make <laughs> dreams come true. And mm-hmm, so we, we made sure that you were able to be here with us today. Thank you so much. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, so I am a TV critic. Um, I think that makes a lot of people think that I have really good taste in television, which I think is not necessarily always the case. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I've been working as a TV critic for the past uh, like six years, I guess, um, for various places, the AV Club, um, Vulture, Hollywood Reporter, um, and also Autostraddle. And I have actually only professionally written about the L word once ever, um, Um, which is a little bit surprising. But uh, as for this episode of the L word, I've thought about it um, too many hours of my life, probably. (laughs) I believe in that article that you're referring to that was in the AV club. That was perhaps when I discovered that you think season four is the best season. Yeah, because I word. actually put that mm-hmm. in that article. Um, yeah. With, uh, mm. the, my kind of writing for the AV Club, I'm somewhat limited on like inserting myself into it. They're a little bit more old school in terms of their like television coverage and stuff. So I'm supposed to be like 
objective when reviewing <laughs> art, which doesn't really make sense to me. But I was able to work in a few things with that particular article, including the fact that I think season four of the show is amazing, which uh, so far I've gathered that I might be the only person on the planet who thinks that. <laughs> I have always thought season four was the best, but I am allowing myself to be very incorrect based on the rewatch. Yeah, I will say it is a tough rewatch season four, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, especially when it comes to certain characters. But I think the yeah. thing that I can still stand behind is that season four has the best guest performers and like secondary mm. characters. That's fair. Yeah. And yeah. they seem to have and a lot also- more fun on this season than they have in a while, which is nice. Yes, yes. You get that kind of like campiness of season one returns. Yeah. Yeah. Which which it was really missing. uh, Definitely in season three and and somewhat. They tried to go so dark for a while. (laughs) Too dark. And now it's back to the light. It's it's a very problematic light, but it's in the light. Yes. Like in season three, there was an episode called Losing the Light. And now this episode, it's like getting the light. Or this season's like back. getting the light. Yeah. Like <laughs> when you turn a light off and then you turn it, then you like turn it on. Yeah. Like yeah. On and off. Yeah. Um, Kayla, please tell us your L word origin story. My L word origin story. Yes. Okay. So technically I saw episodes of the L word when I was like very young, um, like uh, early middle school, I want to say. Um, and, wow. uh, <laughs> just knowing that I'm it didn't watching. come out until I was in college makes me want to yeah. jump through a window right now, but I love it. Keep yeah. going. Um, I was watching the Mickey Mouse Club. I had a friend who had an older sister who would watch Showtime. And whenever I was at this friend's house, I watched shows that I otherwise wasn't allowed to watch. Um, cause my parents weren't like super controlling about what I watched, but they definitely had a lot of rules and Showtime. I definitely would have never been able to watch. Um, but when I went over to this friend Valerie's house, I caught some episodes here and there of the L word um, and was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but then, I, yeah, so I think I was like around 13 or 14, somewhere around there. Um, and then, um, I didn't actually watch the show like start to finish until I was in college. And by then it was actually already on Netflix, but, uh, I shared a Netflix account with my family. So I didn't want to watch it on the family Netflix account. So I would rent the DVDs from my college's media library. Shout out, ask with media library at university of Michigan. (laughs) I would go there. I would rent the DVDs. You could only rent like four discs at a time, I think, which like didn't even cover a whole season. (laughs) So I had to like really piecemeal it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, And that, yeah, that was so just like watching it alone in my uh, dorm room. But yeah, that's my L word origin story. (laughs) And who are your faves, fave characters? Fave characters. Okay. Um, I think like, especially at that age, I was like horniest for Helena. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I also was, Helena was the only actresses um, in the show that I like knew of um, when I like first saw saw the L word. I think I even recognized her like when I was catching episodes here and there in middle school because she was in a Bollywood movie. (laughs) 
that I grew up loving. What? what? <laughs> yes. She plays the like British white lady in one of my favorite Bollywood movies, Lagan, um, which I did like a Bollywood dance to when I was younger, when I still took Bollywood dance. Um, there was a song from that movie that I performed at like the annual Indian festival in my hometown. What? And That's she amazing. was in that movie. So I remember seeing her and being like, oh my, oh my God. God, it's like the woman from Lagan in this show. So, so I think because of that, like Helena always had a special place in my heart. It's like so random that she was in this Bollywood movie. Um, uh, and, but other than that, I mean, other than like obvious faves, like, cause I do, I love Bet. Um, I love Alice. I think I am like a rare um, fan of Jody, which also like explains why I like season four so much. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I do love uh, a lot of the characters who are introduced in season four. I love Jody. I love Tasha oh, is yeah, introduced Tasha. in season I four. Tasha. I love Tasha. Like season four, like introduces a lot of great characters. Some who like stay on for the rest of the series, like Tasha and Jody, and some who are just kind of one offs, like Paige or even like <laughs> Nadia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nadia or Poppy <laughs> or Poppy. Oh, which, Poppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, great. Should I introduce this episode? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Season four, episode four, entitled Layup. This one actually has a title that makes sense. Um, it was written by Did Elizabeth. Did you know, though, that in the original, <laughs> when it was on TV, like, you know how on TV guy, like mm-hmm. when you turn on your computer and look at the menu, it had a little description of the episode. It said for some reason, like, the girls get together to play softball. Okay. Well... That's what, okay, I wrote this down. The IMDb, the IMDb description of this episode is, Bet deals with an artist whose work is politically incendiary. Tina is rejected by her friends at a softball game and joins the opposing team. <laughs> what happened there? Did they do a rewrite? Oh my God, what if it was originally softball? Oh my or God. Or did people just assume... All- <laughs> All the IMDb descriptions and Wikipedia descriptions are, are all wrong. bananas. I've thought about doing a listing without commentary that's just like you, lines of the ones that are the sh- most inaccurate. <laughs> you should. Um, so this episode was written by Elizabeth Ziff, uh, a.k.a. Mm. Easy Girl from the band Betty, and was directed by Jessica Scharzer. Now, fun fact about her, she uh, was a producer on American Horror Story. She's a writer. Um, this is the only episode of the L Word uh, that she has directed in the only episode of television she's directed, but she wrote the screenplay to our collective favorite film, A Simple Favor. <gasps> wow. What? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm like, that's why this, that's why it's so good. She directed Oscar winning film, A Simple Favor. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, originally man. aired January 28th, 2007, and would later go on to influence Reese and I to join a basketball team in New York City in the summer of 2008. (laughs) All right. Uh, Shall we get into this? But then Carly broke her ankle. Yeah, I sprained my ankle Mm -hmm. really badly. I had to wear a boot. Um, We'll get to, I'm sure we'll talk all about our basketball experiences later in the episode. (laughs) We'll we'll save it. We'll save it for now. Get ready. I'm going to be talking a lot about the WNBA today. (laughs) Yay, that's so nice for them. Remember events? (laughs) Let's Let's get into this episode. We 
open on Alice's sweaty face. <laughs> it's very sweaty. It's very sweaty. It sh- appears that she's receiving cunnilingus. It does appear that way, yes. And she and will not shut up. <laughs> yeah. She's very good at communicating her needs. She is she's really directing the um run of show, I think. A little in this too scene. thorough, I feel like. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The two things I noted were one, when she says no teeth and then decides that teeth are good. The other thing I noted was that she was like tri circles, which again lends credence to the theory that like Poppy somehow was aware of some sex move that ne- has never been done before, which okay, fine. Um <laughs> And then who should emerge from under the bed covers? Phyllis. It's Phyllis. Heads will roll, crawl. Alice is having sex with, and they, they're both real happy. Yeah. Yeah. Then the scene is interrupted. We come right back to it after the theme song. Reese, do you have an update to our opening credits report? Well, it turns out I deleted the text edit document where I meticulously documented every adjustment in the theme song for the entire run of show. However, I can say for sure that in this one, we do see this. this, We had Jody's art studio empty. Then we had Jody's art studio with her turning around. Now we have Jody's art studio with her turning all the way around so we can see her whole mm-hmm. face and vest situation, which is one of many vest situations. So many vests throughout the program on the L word. Uh, great show for families. Yes. So this is where we get Jody for the first time in the opening credits. After the theme song, we pick up exactly where we left off back in bed with Phyllis and Alice. And Phyllis is just the happiest person on earth. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Alice says, Welcome to the wonderful world of Disney. And I am like amazed that they got away with that. <laughs> what was she referring to? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but okay. Yeah, so then Alice is like going to top Phyllis, but then Phyllis rolls back on top of her and says, like, I want I want you to be a professor. Is that what she says? She, she says, says that she, she wants to be the professor. Because Alice oh. says she's a great student. Yes. And Phyllis is like, no, I want to be the professor. <laughs> Sexy. And then it's a switch off. Yeah. Just like in The Little Mermaid. Then we go <laughs> then we go to then we go to Shenny's where Shane finds out about back to school night. And she's like, I don't know about that. He looks kind of sad when Shane is like not sure if she's going to go. Shay often looks sad. Yeah, I think it might yeah. just be what his face looks like. He has like <laughs> resting sad guy face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also unclear like if he got any direction in terms of what he should do as an actor. <laughs> you know, he's also wearing a weird t-shirt. I mean, but yeah, I feel like it says like blame my parents or something on it it's something weird <laughs> it says like don't like, blame me on it i think yeah yeah it's like a debbie novotny shirt i think a debbie novotny shirt wow deep cut, <laughs> deep cut. but speaking of debbies wow wow you're crushing it right wow. now yes 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 <laughs> yes 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 we're going to the dog shelter this this scene this whole thing is is a part is in the basket of reasons I don't like season four. That's the thing. Like season four has so many good things and so much fun friendship and so many good episodes, but it also has some of the absolute worst storylines in Albert history, mm-hmm. which is saying a lot. That is saying And I probably said this before about 
everything, every episode. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the Jenny as Debbie and Sounder storyline is um she she comes across as a serial killer. Like like yeah. what is happening? For sure. It is the most fucked up thing that she ever does. <laughs> yeah, which is that she's going to adopt an elderly dog who's in uh, his final days because all sentient beings deserve to die surrounded by love. And then Sounder, the dog's name is Sounder, and he's really old, and then he throws up on her feet. Mm-hmm. And then she's going to take him home, which is um, misleading. Like, when I first adopted a dog i was like what is this i have to like do paperwork i have to wait for her to get surgery like what the fuck because i on tv you just walk in and get a dog well it also depends on the age like if a dog is like younger then like sometimes you have to wait for doctor vet things but Mm. yeah every time with the adopting of our dog it's like there's a lot of paperwork this is like not a realistic scene at all unless they just really name no, you have to show a form of identification, I think. They're pretty strict about basically like, adoption. I'll take him. <laughs> yeah, I think they just out. wanted to get rid of Sounder because Sounder's old, which is sad. Yeah, to be fair, it was yeah. almost like hospice care for a dog. So yeah. they were just like, yes, anybody take this dying dog. And like, also Jenny is like seemingly allergic to the dog. Correct. She should have taken some Sudafed before all of this. Non-drowsy. Non-drowsy Sudafed. Um, then we go to the planet in West Hollywood, home of Rancho Notorious, Elward's Hottest Girls Night. <laughs> and my first note on this scene is Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> so we've got Poppy and Alice hanging out. Poppy says she's only been turned down by a woman once in her life. It was her mother's best friend. And she turned her down when she was 12 and then didn't unturned her down when she was 17. When she was 17. Did I get that? Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Alice is like trying to get like, how do you be such a player tips from Poppy? And Poppy's like, if I like someone, I just do it. It's that simple. And it's like, like, well, you're mm-hmm. hot. So that like is like half the battle. Yeah. She's also importantly wearing one of those uh, shirts that looks like tattoo sleeves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a full like Ed Hardy-ish like, yeah. thing. And then she has like a wrap on her head and a, and a hat and big earrings. It's a whole outfit. It's a whole look. <laughs> It's a whole look. She says that she was one fucking hot ass old lady. You know what I'm saying? And then she wants to know who Alice is hitting it with. Um, and Alice says she's exploring new portals, new frontiers and new openings. Like yes. you can do at home on our chart. <laughs> Speaking of our chart, yes. Alice takes out a tape recorder and starts recording an interview with Poppy where she asks her where to go meet girls. Right. And the interview is for our of course, rchart.com, uh, you're on it. And Poppy has a hot tip. There's a lesbian pickup basketball game at West Hollywood Park. I don't leave there without at least one girl and like a couple of digits. Like a seven and a six. Oh, those are great digits. Yeah. It's every Sunday and she invites Alice to play. Um, she's, it's pickup so you can just roll through by yourself. But if you come through with an actual team, there's like a better chance that you'll get to play, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Alice is like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll put together a little team. I'll make a little team, she keeps saying. <laughs> yeah, I'll make, I'll make a little team. I'll make a little team. She's thinking about all of her little friends. <laughs> her friends who are this big, they fit in her pocket. Yeah. <laughs> her this wide. And uh, then she, Alice gets like weirdly competitive. Yeah. Yeah. She's, for someone who's never really, played basketball before. <laughs> yeah. Someone who is 
conceivably not ever played a sport before. Yeah, it Quite doesn't seem like it. And Poppy says, make sure you bring vanilla spice. And Alice says, you mean Shane. And Poppy says, shame. Sick burn, Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Poppy's like, tells her that her team is the bougie ass girls. And Alice's comeback to this is, you know, more like the kick your ass girls. Oh, right, right. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, a lot wow. of good burns all around. A lot of great burns in this scene. Yeah, uh, this Alice refers. Alice refers to the basketball court as the field, which was <laughs> beautiful. And uh, yeah, so I guess I guess we're about to go on a journey of sports and camaraderie. We sure are. But first, we're going to go to school to California University, where Phyllis is basking in the glow of a woman's <laughs> cum on her face. Wow. She's seeing women for the very first time, women with flowers in their hair, women with legs on their bodies, women wearing shirts, women wearing pants, women who of all shapes and sizes and stripes and beautifuls. Phyllis is walking down the hallway of the school in slow motion with a fan on her and everything. It's so funny the way it's shot. And then a literal needle scratch sound effect happens as she runs into bed. Yeah. An iMovie record scratch. It's one of my faves. Look, it's tripe and it's effective. <laughs> so Bet is going to be giving a tour to one of their biggest donors, who is friends with George W. Bush. Skip Connolly. Skip Connolly. I think his name like, is important. It's it's very important. <laughs> like, so he's like, like, what he do we call this like, like asshole dude? Dolls. I don't know, Skip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Skip. Write that down. That's a good Skip name Connolly. for him. <laughs> I don't think there's any people who are friends with George W. Bush and like are, although I guess George W. Bush himself he, doesn't he is paint? an artist. Isn't that a thing yeah. that happened? Yeah. Yeah. He's like yeah, him painting. and Tina. Oh, God. Yeah. And she's like, are you asking me to censor a suppressed student artwork? Phyllis is like, no, but you know, whatever you have smart, to blah, do blah, what blah, you have blah. to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's going to take him to Jody's sculpture studio. And she's very excited to meet Jody because she hasn't met Jody yet. Jody Lerner. The sculptor, the famous sculptor Jody. Famous sculptor Jody Lerner. Famous. She's established yes. resident a big artist. Name. Big name. Yeah. Huge. Huge name. And Phyllis is like, yes, Jody will impress Skip. And then Phyllis talks about how they're gonna have lunch later, her and Bet. And uh-huh. she's like, I have something really fun to tell you over lunch, which is such a weird thing to do. Like you didn't just like you don't just tell the person right then. You're like, I'm going right. to tell you something at lunch. I'm yeah. Like <laughs> Okay, uh, we're here now, but sure. Uh, and then as Bet walks down the hallway, Phyllis shouts in front of students, <laughs> faculty, everybody. I just hope I don't end up on our chart. <laughs> and then Bet's like, if you want to be on our chart, you have to. And then she's like, oh, my God. Fuck me. Yeah, just like, fuck me. It's like the best yeah. Jennifer Beals delivery of it, too. It's so perfect. <laughs> It's There's some perfect. really great Jennifer Beals moments in this episode. There really mm-hmm. are. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is a great Jay Beals, Bet Porter episode. <laughs> uh, then we cut to like a really annoying scene. Do we even need to talk about it? Angus Fine. feels old. He feels old gets, and like, rejected. Yeah. Angus being a baby. Angus is baby. But like not being a huge way. baby. Oh. And Kit's like being really supportive and like indulging yeah. his babiness. She's like well, you're going to like record this song on my album and all this stuff. And he's still being a baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. And the song, he wrote the song. He's going to sing on it. But yeah. And it's called Bareback. And they both describe it as nasty, which I am not looking forward to at all. Ew. Then 
Alice is taking calls on the toilet. Yeah, she inexplicably, sure this scene <laughs> just is Alice on the toilet talking to Shane. So I like always took issue with this scene because Alice uses way too much toilet paper. Uh-huh. <laughs> it also um, looks one ply. Like that always bothered me. It like yeah. especially bothered me in these times. I was like, do you know what that toilet paper is worth? That toilet paper yeah. is basically currency. Okay. <laughs> you are wasting that. Like, why does she need so much for just pee? What's She's happening? quite indulgent. She's quite indulgent, I would say. She wraps it around her hand like she broke her hand and this is an ace bandage and she's so wrapping, it and wrapping, and wrapping, and wrapping it and wrapping it and wrapping it and wrapping it and wrapping it. Forever. Yeah. But does anyone take issue with the fact that she's calling Shane well urinating? Without putting on mute. Well, I guess she was talking. Yeah. I would put it on mute. I would also put it on mute. I would probably not do this at all, but that's yeah. I don't, that's me like, in my I own feel boundaries. like I have done this, and I haven't necessarily put it on mute, but I, like, leave the phone on the sink on, like, speakerphone. <laughs> that's good of you. Yeah. That's good of you. <laughs> Which is, like, mm-hmm. a little better. I'm not, like, holding it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, that's a little – that's a bit much. Uh, and she's on the phone with Shane trying to get Shane to play in this upcoming big, huge game. For, for Hence, like, will be known as the big game. The big game. Um, and she says that West Hollywood is our territory. We can't just let them have it without putting up a fight. Which, what? Which is, is icky. <laughs> it's super icky. And it's also like, it's a weekly pickup game. This isn't like you're competing yeah, but, for anything. Like, But isn't her enthusiasm fun? I mean, sure. She's yeah, really committing. Fun. Yeah, she's committing to the I bit. I appreciate anyone who commits to a bit. <laughs> and then we go to Jody Lerner's art studio. There's one thing I want to say about the very top of the scene because so okay. I am like a known documented bet Jody fan. Um uh-huh. and uh so I always watch TV with the closed captioning on and I love when there are like little gems within the closed captioning. So right as the scene begins before we even see Jody, it's just Bet walking in and it says in the closed captioning metallic grinding, which <laughs> I think it's very hot. So I just <laughs> wanted to mention it. That's great. Wow. That's where origami with steel comes from is, um, <laughs> uh, is electric grinding. Metallic grinding? Metallic grinding. Metallic grinding. Metallic grinding. Yeah. So Jody's holding an electric drill. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> and bet. Uh, just kind of creeps up and taps her right on the shoulder. What a dummy. So <laughs> stupid. Ben's so stupid in this scene. That is so stupid. Ben gets a drill to the face. Yeah. <laughs> and Jody is immediately pissed. That's a real rom-com meet cute for you. Yeah. That's... So she starts signing and then Tom shows up with a fucking sunset on his shirt, according to my notes. <laughs> Correct. Um, Tom is Jody's interpreter. Bet embarrasses herself immediately by fangirling in front of Jody. Jody mm-hmm. again, who started this conversation being mad at her. So yeah. going really well for Bet. <laughs> and Jody keeps being like, you have to look at me, look in my eyes, because Jody's trying to read her lips. But Bet keeps like looking at Tom and talking in his direction. So it's and not then, like well. walking talking and like Bet's it's just a true idiot away. in the scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She says that the students are doing great. And Jody's like, blah, blah, blah. In her voices, explore the student art. Blah, blah. And then <laughs> um, they, she obviously like there's one piece of art she doesn't want Skip Connolly to see. And the person who made this piece of art is 
described by Jody as the parasitic twin of Valerie Solanas, which I loved. Loved um, that. I don't know what that means, um, but I love it. I think uh, it means Valerie Solanas, but worse. Mm, mm. Which is great. And gay. <laughs> and also gay. <laughs> and Jody's like, you're not really asking me to put away, to censor student art until the, after the donor has donated. Mm-hmm. That's like, uh, actually, yes, that is exactly what I'm asking you to do. <laughs> I feel bad for Bet in this scenario because that's something that I feel like that's something I can relate to is when you sometimes have to be like, we can't do that right now because we have to do, you know? Yeah. I feel like Bet's only doing that too because Phyllis kind of asked her to. Right, right. and they need funding. Mm-hmm. Because like yeah, as bad like, as as bad at like a lot of like interpersonal things as Bet is, she's like generally good at her job, and she's yeah. like mm. trying to just do her job here. And yeah, I I think in this scenario, and this is how I felt when this episode first aired. I'm on Team Bet in terms of the just put the art away for now. Yeah. Take this man's money and then we can do whatever we want with it. But I'm a big, big, big fan of taking like money and funding from huge corporate entities that don't know any better and then using it for my own subversive bullshit. Yeah. So I was, I've always been like that. So I always was like, yeah, bets totally like just take his fucking money. Like fuck him. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because even the way that Bet asks for it, it doesn't sound like it's coming from this, like, censorship place. No. Right. She's like, let's just get the money. It's strategic. And do whatever we want. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be strategic to do the job that Bet has, which is not the job that Jody has. So you can totally understand why she's coming at it from a very different place. She is an artist. She is, like, a world-renowned, big-deal artist. And so the idea that she would censor anything remotely related to art, one of her students especially, is, like, appalling to her, of course. Right. But that's not really what Bet's asking, but you know, it's also it's their first time. It's easy to see meeting. like where both of them are coming from in this situation. Yes. And it's their first time ever meeting too, so it just sucks. Yeah. Bet is famous for provocations, so she should know like if Bet's asking you to do this, it's serious, you know? It's true. Because she's famous for not censoring art. Like that's her reputation. Right. <laughs> when Bet leaves, um, they are like Tom and Jody are like, oh my God. Right? Yeah, they're like, she's hot. Oh, and she's like, shut up, Tom. <laughs> and I agree, Bet is hot, but I don't love the blazer she's wearing. The white blazer, I don't love it. I don't love it. Do you love Jenny driving with a dog on her lap and sneezing? Yeah, so Jenny is like on the phone and driving and has a gigantic dog on her lap. So the fact that she once again has not been arrested in another episode is shocking to me. <laughs> But whatever. Uh, She's on the phone making an emergency vet appointment for her dear beloved Sounder. And she is deeply allergic to this dog. And she's also like one thing. So like obviously Jenny is like a horrible person in this whole storyline. But like the one thing that like somewhat saves her from like completely coming off like a sociopath or something here is that like she's really bad at pretending to be someone else. Like, earlier in the scene, like, she didn't reply to the name Debbie, like, several times. She, like, forgot that that was yeah. the name she came up with. And then we see mm-hmm. her now come up with, like, her last name, and she just, like, reads it off of a sign. She's, like, right. yeah. trying to be a certain type of, like, evil person, but she's not very good at it. Yeah, well, it's like she's operating from her lizard brain right now and not her, like, real logical brain. Right. Which yeah. is just, like, very hurt about this yeah. review. Deeply, yeah. deeply of hurt. Her book. It's almost like her gone. plot has kind of gotten ahead of her a little bit. <laughs> Yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. it has. 
Then we go to a very simultaneously dull and deeply upsetting scene. (laughs) First of all, they're eating raw food. Max is on another date with Boring Brooke. Yeah, Brooke from the mall. Brooke, Brooke from the mall. And she talks about how she was once on a raw food diet and then uh, couldn't do it anymore. And then she says, I guess I need my meat. And it's very like pointed. Uh. And I <laughs> wanted to die. It's so bad. It's very disturbing. She's like, no guy has ever wanted to wait to get to know me better before having sex. Well, yeah, because you don't have a personality. So what is there to get to know? <laughs> Sorry to be real with you, Brooke. <laughs> And then uh, Max starts his little speech like, I've always felt like a man inside for my whole life. And now I know what that feeling is. I'm physically becoming one. And she's like, what? I, how does this bitch go to Mount Holyoke? And she doesn't know anything about trans men. I don't know. I mean, it was an all women's school. But at this time, there was a lot of like discussion and conversation around what happens if someone enters Mount Holyoke identifying as a woman and then comes out as trans. So they get to stay mm-hmm. like that was a big conversation around women's colleges at the time. Just they could have said she went to like Oxnard. They could have said she went to like a state school in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I am allowed to make that joke because I went to a state school in Florida. Anyway. <laughs> right. So she freaks out, calls him a freak and a liar, screams, how dare you? And storms out of the restaurant. This is gross. Very gross. Very bad. Very gross. It's so gross. It's especially gross because like, it's the only scene of this subplot in the entire episode. So, like, yeah. we don't get any of Max's kind of, like, response to it even or, like, yeah. anything. It's just, like, here, we're going to drop in this, like, super transphobic character and, like, have this big, like, really fucked up moment and then not engage with it at all. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just all. kind of thrown in there, which makes it even worse. The only time we see anything having to do with Max after this scene is that he's at the basketball game skateboarding with Shay. Like that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't get any of kind of his reaction to it or like Nothing. processing of it or anything like that. It just like completely like sucks away any kind of like agency from him. And is just like, mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to have this like really shocking, terrible transphobic moment. Yeah. And it's honestly, and that- it's hard to tell whose side the show is on. Yeah, absolutely. Because you don't get that. You don't get that kind of like scene after anything like that because that's all we get. It's like, what are, mm -hmm. what is it trying to say? And also Max is like, again, his whole, the way he talks about his um, identity is very much like about his body all the time. Like, and that's sort of, and that's kind of all that like in this dynamic with Brooke, like all that we've really looked at is like him seeing guys in their bathing suits and wishing he could be a guy in a bathing suit which is all like physical and there's nothing about like what emotionally this means for him or like how he's re feels emotionally about any of this or about like his relationship, his first relationship with a woman, like where he's like seen as a man from the start of it, you know, like what does this bring up for him or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then also the fact that like they're playing into the stereotype of like the deceptive trans person or whatever, which is stupid. Right. Which is so harmful and terrible. Cause they never correct it. No, they never correct it. Mm-mm. Once again, the show being super disappointing when it comes to its trans character. Sure are. For sure. And then we go to the sculpture studio of Jody Lerner, famous artist, where Skip Connolly is talking shit about affirmative actions. Wait, Reese, I literally wrote, 
he's talking shit about affirmative action. <laughs> I also notes. said Skip is talking shit about affirmative action. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that is un- it's just such a like on the nose like character establishment. It's like literally yes. the first time we're seeing this character. He's this is what he's talking uh-huh. about. And all we know about him is that he's friends with George W. Bush and is conservative. And he walks in talking shit about affirmative action. Admission should be based on merit. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Wow, I love that we all phrased it the same way in our notes. That's so (laughs) so weird. Anyway, obviously, instead of, like, moving the art away, Jody has front and center put this big, like, this paper mache sculpture of barbara bush with like a little george w dollhouse inside of it and like a vacuum going up her vagina there's that great shot too because you like don't see it at first because jody and tom are like standing in front of it and then they step away and we see it and (laughs) bet sees it (laughs) oh the reveal is it's really brilliantly directed that reveal um it's Uh like for like maximum effect and every and time nothing quite it. prepares me for this sculpture. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's also, is it good? This one, I'm, I'm like, That's is this good art? <laughs> <laughs> and even the way Jody talks about it, she makes good it sound so nuanced and interesting. And I'm like, is yeah. it? Is it? It like, seems this pretty is, This direct. is like slapped together by a child. There's no metaphor yeah. at all. It's really. like the equivalent yeah. of like George Bush's face like with like a circle and line across yeah. it. Like, Literally. And it's like, this, like exactly. this, is. this is revolutionary art. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not. And does, isn't she have a blindfold on? What, do you, what is yes. even that about? Yes. No. Anyway, Skip thinks it's an abomination. So he doesn't think it's good art either, I guess. And then, <laughs> wow, I can't um, believe we all agree with Skip on something. <laughs> and so and Skip's like, blah, 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 bye, 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 bye. And then Jody's like, you try to censor me. And Beth's like, no, actually what I asked you to do was to put the students in university ahead of your own ego so we could get the reptiles money in order to make art, not bombs. And you agreed. I don't know that Jody agreed, but uh, yeah, Beth thought like she, she did. Yeah, she didn't disagree. And then Jody's like, don't follow him, call him later, and tell him that the Oppressionists were met with the same response when they debuted their work in Paris in 1874. And then Bet's like, you can definitely uh, stop telling me how to do my job, Jody. Yeah, she's like, now you're telling me how to do my job? Which, like, yeah, Don't tell Bet Porter how to do her job. No. <laughs> Honestly, don't tell Bet Porter anything because she doesn't <laughs> no. want to hear it. I love how just, like, she's just direct. Two tops. Yep. <laughs> Forever top off coming very soon. Did you miss the top off of previous seasons? Don't worry. It's coming back. Then we go to the veterinarian's office. Okay. I love, love, love the, the gay guys with the sick dog who get in the fight. There was the something Chihuahua very, very, very coffee. Yeah. This Chihuahua is named Molly. Oh, really? And I That's also cute. love these two gay men. Yeah. <laughs> Like they're just like fighting. There's tension. It's like such uh, a weird random moment that like the L word does not usually do, where they like kind yeah. of like dive into these like random side characters. Like that's never yeah. really been done before. So I feel like it's like a nice little kind of personal touch of the director there because it's yeah. like, what is happening yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's cute. Yeah, I liked it a lot. So then we meet Lindsay, who's Stacy's girlfriend, and Jenny says she's had Sounder for eleven years through three girlfriends, which is her being like, "I've had it for eleven years. I'm a lesbian." Yep. And then her girlfriends leave. They always want to come back to visit Sounder. 
and she says like this job must be hard you must you are a saint like she says you are a saint to Lindsay like I think she's realizing that moment oh wait like Lindsay is like a really good person yeah yes oops (laughs) Jenny's plan is like falling apart in this moment (laughs) because she really didn't think it through (laughs) yeah again not very good at this no and Lindsay shows her a picture of her and Stacy and their dog and that this is her family so and you know what that picture really re-energizes Jenny and her fight for justice you could tell you could tell she was starting to lose it a little she was like fuck you are a good person wait what am i doing with this dog and then she sees the photo and she's like that's right the face of my enemy she's she's right back in the way merkin so much yes then we go to alice's home where alice and helena both look cute in in like little gauzy Mm t-shirts and they're playing basketball with clothes into a clothes hamper and alice is like you shoot like you're drying your nails, which doesn't make sense because that's not how you dry your nails. No, that is not correct. Not at all. You put them out straight. Yeah. Under the thing. Yeah, you what put them straight under the things. And sometimes I blow on them like this. <laughs> yeah. That's incorrect. Yeah. That is not basketball. So Helena's like, girl, I had like five shitty job interviews today. I just want a glass of wine. And Alice says, and I still have to teach you how to slap the asses, which is adorable. And then uh, as Helena walks out of the hallway, she like throws this basketball, tiny basketball over her shoulder and it goes in. And so Alice has determined that Helena is awesome at basketball under Mm -hmm. this one specific constraint of throwing a ball over her shoulder backwards. Correct. Then uh, who's at the door? It's Phyllis. Oh, it's Phyllis. Phyllis has brought her a a gift bag. Uh, She has a gift. It's in a bag. You can tell there's tissue paper in the bag. Um, she probably got it at Hallmark stores because those still existed then. Oh, rest in peace, Hallmark stores. I mean, I don't really care either way, but. And she's like, I have to run because I have to get a new caterer for this event or whatever. And then good news, Helena's a caterer and she went to Cordon Bleu. So, uh, Helena's going to be the caterer for the party, which sounds like it's going to go really well. I remember love. I loved the ingenuity of Alice here and just completely yeah. making shit up so fast, yeah. so quickly. Yeah, so quick. Honestly, is anyone as motivated to find someone a job than the person who that unemployed person is crashing with? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I think they would. I think like that position would rival even like a Jewish mom or a girlfriend. Ooh, like, yeah. Like, you know, like they, they're, they're so, or like the roommate who can't pay the rent or whatever. Yeah. It's just really motivating. It really mm-hmm. makes people want to help out. Yeah. Alice is super motivated to get Helena out of there. And then when she walks, when she leaves, Helena is like, you're not telling me that that sophisticated, genteel, intelligent, lovely, lovely. mature woman is the same animal responsible for those hideously loud noises emanating from your bedroom the other night? Yeah. That would be the lady. One in the same, Helena. <laughs> <laughs> She's up, uptight in the streets and animal in the sheets. That's what I always say. Is that what you always say? It's weird. I've never heard you say that before. <laughs> I just started saying it. It's oh, but new. you will continue saying it after I will continue recording. to say it, yeah, because it applies to a lot of situations, I yeah. think. Uh, like, yeah, it's uh, universal. Yeah, like in American Pie. Yes. So when two Willow whole is. situations it applies to. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Um, um, then 
um, one of the worst things I've ever witnessed is the next I scene. I hate this scene. Like, I hate it. It is like, I, could, oh. I had to mute it. I hate this scene so, so intensely. Like, I, it, it's definitely, it's on my top 10 scenes I hate of the show, for sure. First of all. I hate this all, more than Dana dying. What? <laughs> well, no, I hate this so more than Dana I hate this more than some of okay. the worst scenes in the L word are the ones between straight people. And it literally yeah. feels like a room full of gay people being like, well, what would a straight person say? Uh-huh. And yeah. then trying to make it terrible. Like, that's what this feels like. This feels like a weird parody of heterosexuality. <laughs> yes. I also would it, argue yeah. that the woman playing Hazel is not a great actor. Sorry. No, no, not she's at all. Like, girl, girl, you're robot? not good. Her delivery like, of you're way to- too hot to be a papa is like that <laughs> line haunts me that like, line is gonna ruin would my be, life you're way too hot to be a papa is <laughs> what is going to play if i go to hell it's going to just be on repeat is that line over and over and over again with her little stupid head anyway so angus is meeting the other nanny yeah and from the moment it begins the nanny is basically just trying to fuck him right away like it yes. feels so much like a pornography that it's like yes out of control. a pornography <laughs> a pornographic film it does feel like it a, is pornographic a pornographic film video. it is immediate she's like immediately hitting on him immediately yeah. making everything sexual she wants to feel his calluses on his hands because <laughs> he plays guitar Ugh. oh my god the other thing that i hate about the scene is that angus doesn't hate it as much as i hate it you know, yeah, he's true. in a very vulnerable, sad boy position right now. And so she's sort of appealing to all the things he thinks he needs to hear, even though he has an incredibly supportive and wonderful partner in Kit, who yeah. he has been ignoring all of her attempts to be supportive. I think what could have saved this scene would be if that room, the living room was underneath the bathroom and the bathtub in the bathroom started flooding and then it completely fell through the ceiling and crushed both <laughs> of their bodies. That would have helped so much, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or maybe if I mean, he Henry like, would be in the bathtub <laughs> and Henry's in the bath and then he dies too. And then we're just rid yeah. of all of them. Um, yeah. This is so gross. I hate it. Like seriously, what the fuck is happening? Are my notes on the rest of that terrible scene that was a hate crime? I wrote <laughs> Hazel is a nightmare. What on earth? Yes. And like, of course they name her Hazel. You're way too hot to be a papa. Then we go to a cuter scene. Yay. We're in the footlocker. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Lady footlocker. LFL. <laughs> you know the one uh kit refuses to wear a shoe size over nine because she does not wear a double digit shoe so she'd much rather spend money on something that's going to hurt her this is a really weird character moment for kit it sure is like like it makes no sense like i know that it's meant Uh to be like a foreshadowing moment but like it just actually Uh makes no sense for kit it's very strange right I, I usually get a 10 in basketball shoes because I need to put in my insoles and I'm a nine and a half. And I'm not embarrassed to say that. I'm 5'10". Wow, wow, wow. I'm so proud of you right now, Reese. <laughs> so like my feet, I, I, you have to have big feet to be tall, right? It's true. For balance. Yeah. Well, Carly, Carly, how big are your feet? I wear an 11 in women's and I'm 5'7". Right, exactly. Carly's five. tall also needs a double digit shoe. Me and Paris Hilton, same size. <laughs> Alice is obsessed with the game, which is cute. Yes. Um, Shane doesn't want to be an underwear model and is stressed out about parent-teacher night. Jenny smells like a dog. Helena is shocked at how much sneakers cost. Yes. And she calls them trainers, which is She adorable. calls them trainers. Very British. She's very, she also, how much could a banana cost? 
ten dollars. What twenty dollars? Ten dollars. She also doesn't understand the name bougie ass girl. So Alice has taken the insult and turned it into uh-huh. their team name. And then Kit has to uh-huh. explain it to her. I don't understand that a British rich lady doesn't understand bougie and bourgeois as a as a concept that's shocking yeah, isn't that in a isn't there a song like a disney song that has that word in it i don't know a lot of disney stuff happening this week no <laughs> one is looking at appropriate basketball footwear that's what i really want to talk about for a second that's true kids shoes also also aren't basketball shoes none of them are looking at basketball <laughs> shoes uh-huh. they're just this doing was, fashion they're just doing fashion yeah. which i love i love that but yeah they clearly There's are not taking high tops this seriously also, the little uh, guy who's trying to help Kit is like very concerned about her predicament and she is not having any of it. Yeah, there's a lot of concern from the employee. Then we go back to California University where Dean Bet Porter is teaching a class about a kitchen made of glass beads. Do deans normally teach this many classes? I think they usually teach one class. Oh, okay. I think she's teaching one class okay, and great. it's a class called Bet Porter is Hot. Teacher <laughs> Bet Porter. Bet Porter 101. By yeah assistant nadia nadia is being mm, bananas a lot she's like the whole time she's fully turned around in her desk so she can just watch bet yeah so she can like swivel around and follow bet's movements Movements around around the room around the room and she's like oh oh like why don't you tell everyone we discussed the other night sleeping with nadia is a terrible idea no one should do it like Don't she has it. no chill, no <laughs> chill at all. But she had no this chill like, prior to them sleeping together. It's not like this is a surprise. It's not a surprise. I'm watching Parks and Recreation for the first time, which I've never seen before. Have you guys seen it? Yes. Seen it. Anyway, she's a lot. Nadia is like Tom Haverford in um, Parks and Rec in terms of her <laughs> ability to keep her uh, sexual activities to herself. Oh, yeah. She wants like everyone to know immediately yes Ooh. she's practically yes. like wearing a sign that's like yeah i, I fucked, fucked, we fucked in a car <laughs> we, we fucked in a car <laughs> and then uh she's quoting jeanette winterson famous lesbian author author mm-hmm. of oranges are the only are not the only fruit sorry Whew. um and Close many other there. books uh written on the body which is like very gay and uh yeah she's a famous lesbian author and she said that what art does is coax us away from the mechanical and towards the miraculous cool and then nadia's like i just want to let you know that time is up but tries to like grab her to say it oh yeah Yeah. it's wild (laughs) she's like i have to touch you to let you know (laughs) and she should be like yeah time's up look at the hashtag I love that every time we see Bet teaching a class, it's always the very end of the class so that mm-hmm. it can then transition her into talking to either Phyllis or Nadia. Right. Yeah. Every single time she's lecturing this class, it's always, okay, and that's class. We'll see you guys next time. And then like something dramatic happens. I love that she's always projecting a piece of art onto a screen and always walking through the projector. So she's art like wearing the I love art. that dramatic <laughs> yeah. lighting. <laughs> Just yeah. that like yeah. projector on her yeah. face. She's like, the art is me. I am the art. Yes. <laughs> It's like, I wear a white exactly. jacket so that you can see the art on my body. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's perfect. Yep. So she asks um, Nadia to stay after class. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, Nadia. 
Nadia cannot read the room and immediately starts flirting with Bet as the mm-hmm. beginning of this conversation. And thinks that they're doing like a sexy thing. Like she thinks yeah. that Bet's yeah. being like, we can't do this. And she's like, yeah, I know we can't yeah, do this. Yeah, we can't do this. And she's wrong. like, no, really, we cannot do this. She's like, I will actually pursue disciplinary action against you and deal with the consequences. That's how serious yeah. I am about she's this. She's like, I will take deal with the consequences, believe me. And it's like, you know, that's true. Because Bet is oh, an yeah. old pro at dealing with the consequences. <laughs> Yeah. She's a pro at dealing with the consequences of the people she chooses to sleep with. Yeah. I was like, are you going to tell her also to be discreet? Like, in addition to the fact that you're not going to sleep together again, you might want to also mention stop talking in class. Please stop. stop. (laughs) Just stop everything. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that doesn't Nadia just disappear after that. Yes. This is the last that we ever (laughs) see of her. Um, (laughs) Which I know for sure because I was like very invested in this storyline in the beginning because... Mm. I was very invested in Jessica Capshaw because she is from mm. Grey's Anatomy. And oh, I loved yes. her on there. Mm. And when Nadia like first shows up on the L word, she's just like, like hot and wearing short shorts. And I was like, yeah. yes, like teacher student, like this is hot. This yeah. Is, yeah. And, then, yeah. Like, and then it ends up just being kind of like terrible in a lot of ways. Like Bet's like comes off really horribly in all this. And also it's just like a three episode arc that gets wrapped up really fast. Like, yeah. There are no consequences. There's None. no, we literally never see Nadia again. After so this. I think this is actually what happens. So after this <laughs> scene, Nadia is like distraught and she's like, you know what? Bet like represents art and like I hate Bet now. And so she decides yeah. to change her career and she's going to go to med school and then she's going to move uh-huh. to Seattle and work at a yeah. hospital. And I think yep. that's what happened to her. And mm-hmm. so like that's why we don't ever see her again. And it's yep. not like, it's not like, you know, she's still the TA. It's like she literally had to leave the state. Yes, I believe in this uh, multiverse here. Yeah, Yeah. it's the it's the Grey's Anatomy L word crossover we've been robbed (laughs) all these years. Yeah, and I think ultimately, like what I always think about is that like what medicine does is coax us away from the mechanical and towards the miraculous. (laughs) And I feel, and I feel like it's natural that she would pursue it. It makes sense, you know. If you go, if you're like, I'm going to be an artist, and then one day you become disillusioned with the art world because you slept with your teacher, then naturally you would go to medicine next. Correct. Yeah. You're already, she's, I'm assuming she's what a grad student at the school because she's a TA. Yeah. So she's going to start from scratch and go to med school. Uh I think that's totally what she would do. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. It should probably make more money. Oh, you're saying doctors make more money than artists? Is that is that the argument you're making? That's, That's hot I am hot take, hot take. to suggest that I do. Burn my hand on that take. Oh, boy. Okay, um, the next scene starts with the strangest sentence I've ever heard. It's, Bubbleology is a hands-on program. Yes! I, I was like, why do I have my first note in the scene is just bubbleology? That's the whole note I, I wrote bubbleology like, in all caps, Dot, 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 what? <laughs> so, so we're here at Shane's, Shay's parent-teacher night or whatever the fuck this is. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And the teacher is telling the parents that the students are going to be able to learn about different things via the study of bubbles. Uh-huh. Yeah, like that song, Bubble Toast. It's one of those things where I'm like, this is so specific that somebody just absolutely lifted this from their own lives. There's no yeah, way. For sure. <laughs> like, they're just like, yeah, right. I went to a like, student uh, parent teacher conference at Montessori. And we talked about bubbleology, and now I'm putting that in the show. <laughs> yeah. This just makes me think of that. Um, what was, what's that Twitter? It's like the, like the fake, like Silver Lake daycare Twitter or whatever. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm going to have to look that up, though. Oh, it's, it's funny. Shane is just like lurking in the back, like scratching at the chalkboard with her <laughs> finger. And um, and as this whole she's probably like, what the fuck? Bubbleology. What am I getting into? <laughs> and then uh, once it wraps up, one of the parents has a pretty sick burn, um, which is <laughs> looking at Shane. They go, I didn't know this was back to school of rock night. <laughs> and someone's like, I think Patty Smith's just here for the free food. First of all, no one looks at Shane and thinks, oh, you eat a lot. Um, And second of all, uh, honestly, props to these women. (laughs) These are pretty good burns. There's some great burns happening this episode. (laughs) They really are. And then from heaven, a radiant angel descends into the classroom. She's wearing a tie-dyed shirt and it looks fine. She's pulling it off. Her name is Paige Sobel, played by Kristana Loken. She's beautiful. She probably wears a double-digit shoe. She's so tall. She's She's so tall, and I love the visual gag of her, like, being in this tiny desk. (laughs) So it makes her, like, even taller. (laughs) Because she was another person who I was just immediately invested in on this show because I was, like, a huge Terminator fan. And, like, here she is looking ginormous. (laughs) Yeah, I love (laughs) that. Parent-teacher night. It's great. Yeah, more. I love a like tall, broad-shouldered woman who like Kristana Loken, who also I think at that point had already dated Michelle Rodriguez. I believe so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, So which was was a big a queer out lady, out queer lady, and so knowing that she was joining the show, I was very happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was on the cover of the Advocate right before, and she was like in a white tank top, and she looked incredible. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Paige is Jared's mom. Yeah. And she says, all these moms are petty. Don't worry about it. And you can tell she's like, uh, she's a young mom. So she probably had her kid young and is now like the young mom in every room, which sucks. Um, and has found another young person. Yeah. So she and like then, gloms on to Shane. Believably. Mm-hmm. And she says that uh, maybe her Jared and um, Shay can have a play date at the skateboard shop because Jared loves to skateboard. So great. Boys. that Shane works at a skate shop. <laughs> It sure is. And then the teacher comes over to introduce herself to Shane. It's like, oh, you must be with Shay. You guys look alike or whatever. And uh, she's like, he's adjusting okay, but he doesn't concentrate very well or pay attention, I guess. Um, And she's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And she's like, well, here's a picture. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a picture that Shay drew and it looks and it's like, Everyone had to draw, the assignment was draw your family. And uh-huh. it's Shay and Shane holding hands. Shane has uh-huh. a skateboard. Both of them have the same insane straw hair. And then yeah. off in the distance <laughs> are, Sh- are Shay's parents. And it's like... And they both to look be fair, like I feel like children are like very to the point. And like, yeah. Yeah, they're like, uh, like, no room for nuance. Like, let's just go on it. <laughs> Wait, I need to look at it again. I um, love also, Kayla drew this picture. Yeah. I love a mo- <laughs> oh, are- any moment in a show or a film where a child has drawn a picture and that makes an adult realize something. One of my favorite <laughs> tropes. His parents in the back, like they're standing next to each other. Their hands are out, but they're not holding hands. Like that's a that's a t- that's a subtle touch. That's yeah. elevating <laughs> art to the miraculous right there. We see Maybe it. Shay should be a TA for Beth. Yeah. Also, Shay <laughs> is slightly larger than Shane, I think, in the picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they 
look like exactly the same, but Shay is somehow bigger. <laughs> yeah. They have the same haircut. Yeah. I mean, you said, yeah, you said that already. But, um, and oddly, this is similar to a picture that Kayla drew as a child. Yes. Well, um, it yes. looks a lot like a picture I drew, but mine was me and Olivia Newton-John, <laughs> who I guess was my parental figure <laughs> yeah. at the time. Oh, God. Oh, man, we don't have enough time to unpack all of that, but I wish we did. <laughs> for art therapy. Shane looks at it and is like, oh, my God, we're a family. Yep. Yep. My dad looks just like my dad. So then we then, go to Bet's pool where Alice mm-hmm. is hanging out and um, Bet is super mad at her for hooking up with her boss. <laughs> because apparently Bet yeah. and Phyllis had that lunch off screen. Off screen lunch. And uh-huh. Bet was informed. <laughs> I'm uh-huh. kind of sad we didn't get to see that conversation. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> like that would have been very funny. But this is cute. It's like nighttime-ish and they're and like they're just like two two gals on the porch That's talking. cleaning up kid toys. Yeah. By that I mean she picked up two kid toys and and keeps sort of hitting each other, hitting which, them. At the end she throws other. one at Alice, which is cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a cute little friendship moment. I cannot believe you fucked my boss. Do you understand the consequences of this? Really intense, great orgasm? I'm serious, Alice. And then um, Alice wants to talk about the basketball game. The big game. She's like, oh, you play basketball in high school? You have to play with us. She's like, I am busy. I am a very busy person. And Alice has the brilliant fucking idea that she's going to call Phyllis and order Bet to play. And then Alice says, oh, it's so clever. I can't believe myself. Ow. <laughs> it's such a good line. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. It's so good. And again, it reminds you of how we didn't see any moments like this in season three. Yep. It's really lacking. Okay, now it's time for the big game. The big game. Uh, we go to the, the West lighting Hollywood basketball. Changes. The lighting oh, yeah. and colors are completely different. It's like it's like the same like lighting and coloring that's used when somebody like is suffering from heat stroke i feel like (laughs) when someone's about to like pass out in a desert like that's the lighting that we're suddenly in or maybe a flashback yes or like a Mm. flashback like a dramatic flashback it's such a jarring like transition and it's like so saturated and it's highly saturated there's a ton of contrast the show normally is in kind of a space of like realism with like a gloss Yes. Yeah. And this is completely different. No, it's harsh. It's like. (laughs) So we see a group of girls showing off their handles. Um, (laughs) I don't know that I've ever seen anyone do this at a basketball court, just standing around and uh, showing off an occasional move. They're not even they're not even doing any cool moves, really. They're just like they're like, we're here. We brought a ball. (laughs) Anyway, this is Poppy's team. Yeah, this is Poppy's team. Um, and I remember like watching this episode for the first time and the moment when the whole bougie ass team comes down the hill in slow motion. And like the yeah, in slow motion and the camera like pans across and like Shane biting her nails, Bet is on the fucking telephone. Kit, like, what's happening? Helena, what's happening? <laughs> like everyone, it's just so Jenny's in gigantic sunglasses. Uh-huh. <laughs> and cute little shorts. Alice, like um, no one is a dre- is dressed appropriately. Alice got them no. all jerseys with their names on it, which is uh-huh. I don't know. She must have special ordered those. Rush order. <laughs> yeah. 
That was expensive. Well, yeah. they were at the mall at the Foot Locker, so maybe she went to like one of those little like mm, like a kiosk shops in the mall. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Like things remembered. You know, my my current basketball team, our colors are purple and white, so I really enjoyed. Oh wow! Oh, wow! Yeah, yeah. That's right. I play on a basketball team currently. You can follow us on Instagram at the Lisas, <laughs> like Lisa Frank. We are not called the Lisa Franks because she is notoriously litigious. Hmm. Anyway, no one is dressed appropriately for this game. No. Correct. Why Um, is Alice wearing a gigantic gold chain? I think we know why. Yeah. Which I didn't even notice until this watch. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, no. That has stuck in my memory for a very long time. Yeah. Jenny and her coffee bet on the flip phone and Alice with this ridiculous chain. Yeah. The accessories. (laughs) Yeah. You don't think about accessorizing when you go to play sports, but they all did. And I appreciate that. Yeah, they did. <laughs> oh, and Max is behind them with Shay. Max and Shay are best friends now, which I love for them. Yeah. So then before the game even can, like, before anything happens, Tina shows up. Tina, who she has is... not been in this episode once. Nope. And also she is dressed for quarantine, basically. She's wearing <laughs> enormous sweatpants that are, like, flared, like, and they're too long. So they're, like, dripping over her shoes. <laughs> She's seemingly wearing, I think she's, it turns out she's wearing a polo shirt a and over it. A polo with yeah, a zip a up hoodie. gray hoodie. <laughs> zip up gray hoodie, zipped up all the way. She's I'm like, fully do you, covered. Do you, she is. <laughs> yeah, like what is going on? Everyone else is in shorts. <laughs> what is she doing? You can't play basketball in gigantic sweatpants that are dripping over your shoes. <laughs> well, don't worry, because they all try to stop Tina from playing. Jenny says, but it's a lesbian game, Tina. Uh-huh. And, oh boy. And then um, kids like, "Hi, hello. I'm here." Tina says that she identifies as a lesbian, and Jenny says, "Yeah, but when you walk down the street with your boyfriend holding your boyfriend's hands and enjoying all the heterosexual privileges, you stop being a lesbian." And then Kit actually says, "Um, that depends on what color you are," which is maybe the only time they really <laughs> acknowledge that. Yeah, I was like, "Whoa. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Let's yeah. talk more about that." But instead, <laughs> yeah. Jenny's that, like, and it's also like a little surprising when Alice says, "Why don't you just identify as bisexual?" Because I feel like the show often forgets that Alice is bisexual, but she's yeah. suddenly like, "Why don't you just say that?" Like, there's those two yeah. little moments in there where I'm like, "Can we get more of this?" <laughs> well, in the last yeah. episode, was it the last episode where Alice, or two episodes ago, Alice says like that she like came to her senses when in referring to being bisexual, and I don't and right. that that's never explored at all. No, no, very confusing. Also, Je- I think. I mean, Jenny just figured out that she's a lesbian and not bisexual, what, three episodes ago? Yeah. She's all the self-righteousness. Oh, yeah. Jenny's full of self-righteousness right now. She is. Yeah. She's a vigilante she reminds me of me. Yeah, like when I first became a lesbian and I was like, men are terrible. I hate them all. Well, I guess I'm still like that. <laughs> yeah, that hasn't, that hasn't really changed. Uh, anyway, they're all being jerks to Tina. They don't. They barely have enough players for one team. I know. They should be really happy that she showed up. Uh, Shane and Helena think that it's up to Tina to identify however she wants. Uh huh. Appreciate that statement. Um, and when Alice asks her why she doesn't just identify as bi, Tina responds, Actually, I think of lesbian as a political identity, to tell you the truth. And we don't have time to spend on that comment because Poppy <laughs> shows up and is like, Tina, why don't you play on our team? Yeah. She's like, we don't care. Yeah. So one point for Poppy's team. One point. <laughs> they should be like, Tina, you can't play on our team because your boyfriend has really terrible homophobic friends. 
Yeah, that would be a stronger argument for sure. That'd be a stronger argument. Yeah, but they, they have should no just be like, Tina, here. we don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Just, guys, stop lying. Just say you don't like her. It's fine. Like, we get it. You can't play with us because we don't like you. <laughs> it's we're, yeah. we're on a playground. We get it. You're being immature. Mm-hmm. And then it's time. It's time, for the, big time game. for the big game. Big game. God, rewatching this was so pleasant. Oh, I forgot <laughs> how much I loved this and how it's so funny it and it's so long too. Like, it goes this on whole for such game a long sequence time. Sequence is so long. It happens great. so deep into the episode, but then they yeah. spend so much time on it. Like Jenny's drinking that fucking coffee on the court. Alice <gasps> yep. just keeps screaming. <laughs> Alice slaps a girl in the face. Uh, Beth's like getting angrier and angrier. uh, She's like, fuck, we're losing. Yeah, Beth's hyper competitive, which you, of course, expect. Of course. She keeps following Tina. (laughs) Shane at one point calls Poppy dad, which it's dumb, but I laughed. You're not as tender as you look. But I will still kick your Michael ass. Okay, dad. Um, Poppy calls Bet Rodeo several times. Um, uh-huh. Kit double dribbles the entire game. <laughs> At no point does Kit or Jenny actually dribble a ball in a way that would not immediately cause a turnover. Oh, Jenny just travels the whole time. She just grabs yeah. the ball, tells everyone to get away from her, and starts spinning around and running yeah, like a child. Don't touch me! Don't touch me! She's such a little bitch. Oh my god! And when when they throw to her, she has the coffee, and Alice is like. Are we <laughs> Which I I feel like it's how I played basketball when we played when we had our basketball team where yeah. I was like, why are you throwing it to me? I told you I'm just a body. So back in 2008, <laughs> throw it to me. So back in 2008, when we all lived in New York, we decided to form a basketball team and play in this like New York rec league. And uh-huh. on the team was me and Reese and Alex Vega and a couple other people and then some actual uh-huh. basketball players that we recruited uh-huh. to play uh-huh. on our team who were very good. And yeah. but uh, I think or, they were all kids. straight. And, um, yeah, I busted my ankle really badly in one game and it led to me having to, uh, wear one of those walking boot things with the Reebok (laughs) pump on it for like a really long time. Yeah. That was a bummer because Carly was the only person on the team who knew how to play basketball. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we knew, like I played in middle school, obviously we exchanged picks earlier today, but, um, I feel like we should post all of these on the Instagram. We're going to share all of our basketball photos on the Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. We'll share all of our basketball photos. But like me and Alex and Kate went and like practice. We like practiced in the park to play basketball. But then as soon as the game began, I was like, ah, you definitely had like the Jenny spirit, you know, like with like the converse high tops and everything. Like you were definitely channeling a lot of what she had going on in this game, um, which mm-hmm. was like really, really wonderful as an homage. Um, yeah. One anecdote about me playing uh, basketball in middle school is that uh, I wasn't aggressive enough. And so my mom offered to pay me a dollar for every time I fouled someone. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which is like, I feel like it says a lot about me and also my mother. <laughs> she literally That's was like, incredible. I will pay you to foul. <laughs> the basketball What's- team I'm on currently, we have this sort of running gag that if someone takes a charge in a game, then we, then everyone has to buy them a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I fouled out of so many games like as an 11 year old oh wow what? i don't think i've ever fouled I, out of a game in my life 
all I could I do was foul. I've never been. That's, I have really, like, that's I have what you really were there sharp for? elbows. That's true. You do. I just couldn't not. I. <laughs> You couldn't even help it. Your limbs were just just limbs everywhere. Yeah. Also, I was like, that was I was growing at the time. You know what I mean? So I had no control over my body at all. And it was so skinny. Basically, picture one of those wacky inflatable arm guys (laughs) outside of a car dealership. That's Reese. That was me trying not to foul people and failing. So, in addition to uh, fouling out frequently, um, my basketball team in middle school. Uh, we were, my middle school is like for gifted and talented students. Um, and so we played in a private school league against mostly like Catholic schools or almost entirely Catholic schools, I think. Anyway, uh, we lost every single game. Oh, yeah. For Catholic schools recruit basketball players, at least the ones mm-hmm. where I grew up did. And then whenever, and, but then they, but they didn't put them in a parochial league. So we had to play against them in our regular like public school league in high school. And they yeah. demolished us every time because they were like fully recruiting players to come play. It's we were crazy. just really bad. <laughs> um That's we did good. win one game we won one game nice and it was it was amazing but our only good player alina was seventh day adventist so if we had games on saturdays she couldn't play <laughs> uh or friday nights um so but she made it to that game and she made our winning shot so incredible she was great um yeah what else happens in this game i mean everything that happens is incredible bet hates losing kit's shoes are too tight obviously she has to sit down after a while. There's a random girl on the sidelines wearing a bikini top. <laughs> no idea what that extra's doing. Jenny sits down at one point to smoke a cigarette. Uh-huh, I love that part where she's just sitting there. Like, that shot is so iconic. It's very it's funny. Such a, it's such yeah. a great shot. Uh, Helena gets fouled and shoots one of her free throws backwards. And it's shot in such a way that we know that she actually made it, which uh-huh. I really appreciated. I wonder how many takes they had to shoot to actually right. get it. Um, but I think that's wonderful. Anyway, the game doesn't, we never get to see who won the game. Although Poppy's team is winning by like 25 points, uh, because Max interrupts the game to tell Shane that Shay fell off his skateboard and he's hurt real bad. And the game and is postponed indefinitely. Indefinitely. <laughs> and by that, we mean we will never ever see the end of that game. Uh, where in this whole situation does Poppy pick up numbers, digits, uh, I'm assuming it happened after the game, like when she was like hanging, you know, like if you go to a pickup, generally, if you go to a pickup game, which is just hanging out at a basketball court until someone tells you you can play or invites you to be on their team, you are sitting on the sidelines for most of it. And so you're just talking to random people. So I have to assume that that's when Poppy is getting digits, but we didn't get to see that, unfortunately. You know whose digits I hope Poppy gets? Whose? Tina's. (laughs) I could see it. You know? Good for Tina if that were to happen. Yeah, yeah she's like, I want to get you out of those giant pants. <laughs> <laughs> get you out of that. I love the like lack of uh, what's the word I'm thinking. I just get really irritated um, by her gigantic sweatpants and her like form fitting polo shirt. Like they don't they don't mm-hmm. go together. <laughs> it bothers me. Yeah, the proportions. Probably are Henry was like, that terrible. looks great. <laughs> or he was like, oh, you're gonna go be around lesbians. Uh, maybe put on put on some more. Don't don't Cover wear those shorts. Put on bigger skin. pants. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want them to cover yourself up. Think more men. Here, wear my sweatpants. <laughs> that's what he said. Do we have any other comments about the game? I mean, that's it ends abruptly. Like it's just it does. Over. We are robbed of the rest of the game, which is sad. and we never see basketball on the show ever again. Which is very, never. very. It was just Dana's <laughs> surprise WNBA game and this scene, uh, <gasps> and um. 
Yeah, but it's one of our favorite scenes of all time. Yeah, it's so memorable. It's so stupid, and I love it dearly. <laughs> it's a great, fr- again, a great, everyone's characters are really clear. Yes. And the friendships are magic. It's really nice. Then we go to the planet. Everyone's kind of chilling post-game. Helena asks, will someone tell me when basketball became the new lesbian sport? Girl, it has like, always again, been a like Helena's sport. just like dumb this whole episode. <laughs> like what? Yeah. What she doesn't know anything. And then Bet notes that um, you should look at the WNBA, but the WNBA doesn't make any money because they run from it. They run from their lesbians as their core audience. They don't want to be associated with their core audience, which at the time was, was true. One was 100% true. It's a great thing you have the three of us on this episode because what we can <laughs> tell you is that uh, the WNBA did not actually market as a league to the LGBTQ community until it had been around for nearly 20 years. Yeah. I remember when they reached out to us in 2013, I want to say maybe. And we were like, whoa. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. They're really going to do They're doing it. I think they and, started doing it in 2014. But yeah, it was like around then. Yeah. It, around that same and, time, um, for whatever reason, the New York Liberty was doing some sort of event with GLAAD. It was like gay night kind of thing. And like yeah. go to the game, watch the game. And so because I was working at Logo at the time, Robin and I got tickets to go. And Logo had invited a bunch of their talent. At the time, Big Gay Sketch Show was on. And so we get oh, there. Wow. And we're in this like room. I don't remember what this room was. It was some sort of like like an event space at Madison yeah. Square Garden because that's mm-hmm. where the Liberty played at the time. And Kate McKinnon was there and we knew her from working at Logo. And so yeah. we just like sat with her and we were like, this is such a weird event. We ended up leaving, I think, halfway through because it was just like really weird. And it was uh, also by the once Wednesday, it's not my first WNBA game. I used to go all the time. But um, weirdly, there are. Glad's SEO must be very, very strong because if you look up <laughs> photos of me on Google, those come up pretty quickly and they are not good photos. <laughs> they are not at all uh, good photos. So, yeah, anyway, Bet is right about the WNBA. She's correct. And, and I do think, and the WNBA makes, well, now no sports are ever going to make money again because we're all stuck inside for the rest of our lives. But <laughs> I think the WNBA did start to do a lot better. Yeah, every year, honestly since they did that it's been just getting better and better yeah um and i worry that women's sports especially are going to be hardest hit by the current situation which is i hope i'm wrong but yeah see what happens anyway then they all name sports that are gay so by that i mean they name every sport yeah they're like softball rugby golf tennis (laughs) and then there's this awkward tennis moment where they they're like martina and first of all no one even mentions billy jean king yeah which is kind of weird they all forget um, Dana existed. Yeah, they're like, oh, and and then they're all like, it's awkward because they don't want to say Dana. It's just like silent. Dana <laughs> yeah. is Voldemort. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you can say Dana. And then Dana. Bet. I just said it. And then Bet, who was too busy to play in this game, says that, you guys, you know, next time we play, I think we should practice. <laughs> yeah. She she's, wants to win next time. She's very, very curious about it. Porter. Yeah. Then we go to the urgent care. A commentary on healthcare. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Shane, who is uninsured. Uh Uh-huh. She's like, here's the bill. And she's like, all right, I'll pay it. And then she lists off how much everything's going to cost. It's like, what is the total? Is it like 10,000 is the total? I tried to do the math, but I'm not great. (laughs) I know. They never give her an actual total, but it's a lot. Yeah. they. It's over 10,000, which is accurate. That's that. Yeah. That's probably how much that would cost because... 
listen, everyone knows healthcare in this country. It's a problem right now. It's true. So what is Shane going to do? How is Shane going to pay? Where is Shane going to get the money? Where is Shane going to find the money? Is she going to hunt for buried treasure? Is she going to try to sell jigsaw puzzles on eBay? Is she going to try to write a book and get a million dollars advance that someone flies all the way from New York to give her while she's working at the planet? Is she going to collect all the eggs on her island and then sell them before bunny day? (laughs) No one knows what she's going to do. Is she going to use a cheat code? (laughs) Just kidding. She's obviously going to call the Hugo Boss man back and go model some underwear. Yeah. Because then we cut to the Hugo Boss photo shoot where we see Shane says she's not a model, but uh, (laughs) isn't she? (laughs) Isn't she though? I think she knows the looks. She knows how to smolder. This is a very like iconic episode ending. I feel like it's like a very memorable one. It's just one of those images from the show. And like the music obviously. Yeah. Yes. That song has been used in so many things. So many things. Always want to be here by Peaches, what we're talking about. But now this song is like the theme song to Sam B's TV show. Yeah. Oh. So. So she's like, she's got um, her underwear on. She's covering up her boobs. And she's uh, all greased up. Yeah. This is how, when I made underwear for like my blog in 2007, <laughs> I remember Alex took a bunch of pictures of me in the briefs, like posing exactly like this. <laughs> and honestly, I looked great. Um, and I, <laughs> what a moment in time! <laughs> and I think we wrote like, "You look very Shane today" over it or something. Oh like yeah, that. you did. I remember I, all I, of <laughs> all of that. Just said you're looking very Shane today. I remember that. Oh boy, you! Wow, man. what a moment! So I was mostly thinking about myself during this scene. Good for you. Thank you. And then um, the end. Yeah, that's the episode. <laughs> Uh, just so you know, the basketball scene was shot in Vancouver. Yeah, I definitely did not recognize that park. <laughs> okay. Did we like this episode? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it contains a lot of very memorable moments. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, especially just kind of like visual moments that I'll never be able to get out of my brain for better <laughs> or worse. Um <laughs> It's Marley Matlin's first episode, Kristana Loken's mm-hmm. first episode, Jessica Capshaw's mm-hmm. last episode. Like we have a lot of like important kind of like guest star secondary character stuff happening here. Yeah. yeah. Brooke's last episode, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Hazel's first episode. You're way too hot to be a papa. Unfortunately. <laughs> Fuck you, God. <laughs> I did forget that there were so many scenes in this that I didn't like. Like I've always thought of 404 as like, I love this episode because of the basketball stuff, but I forgot about the stuff that I hated. Every That's time, like, and I've too. seen this episode so many times, every time I forget that the basketball game doesn't happen until over yeah. halfway through the episode, it takes oh. so long to get there. Yeah, And there's so some, much like, other stuff, stuff before first. it, but it's like, it's, you know, I only love it because of all of that very fun kind of like visual comedy and stuff during the actual game. I kind right. of block yeah. a lot of the stuff out of it, especially like the Max scene, especially because it's that one scene. It's so weirdly yeah. like shoved into this episode in a way that is super weird. Like it's just yeah. there's no logic to it. And then also, yeah. God, it would have been expensive. it would have been so interesting if they had like if afterwards Max had been at home like smoking weed with Jenny and Shane talking about what happened. You know, like that yeah. would have been right. Cool, we needed but, like um, at least one more scene to kind of yeah. literally yes. unpack it. <laughs> literally, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
But I, and I also like that they started with um, intergenerational sex. I thought that was nice. <laughs> Same. That was a good start. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all. I liked it. Mostly. I used to think... I of, did like Kit's shoes. They were cool, but they were not for basketball mm-hmm. and they were the wrong size. <laughs> um, I Yeah, I always thought of this... Ep- anytime I think about the series, I'm like, oh, the basketball episode is my favorite episode. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think the basketball storyline is my favorite storyline. And I don't... <laughs> I, I don't really know what my favorite actual full episode of the show is. And I won't know until we've finished making this podcast. <laughs> As I am Kayla, slowly how many times do you think it. you've seen this episode of The L Word? Um, probably somewhere between 15 and 20 times is mm. what I'd have to guess. Because I, uh, I think it's a very um, kind of like... Uh, this episode like shows everything that the L word does, including its flaws. So I've mm-hmm. actually shown it to people who have never seen the L word before, like before I've shown them the pilot. I think it's like very oh. exemplary of like everything that the show does, <laughs> like yeah, for better or for true. worse. I think it kind of hits all the notes. Like it has that level of camp. It has some of like the cringy moments. It's like, mm-hmm. so there've been multiple times where I've like shown this episode to people who have never seen the show before. And I'm like, let's watch this episode and then go back to the beginning. Um, yeah. Cause it's, it's a little more entertaining than the pilot is. I think, I think the pilot is a really strong pilot. Um, yeah. But it's not necessarily fun. And this episode is very fun and like, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think the main reason I've seen it so many times is because I've like used it as like a starting point for a lot of people. That's cool. I like that. I like that. It's nice. Well, Kayla, um, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It, it's almost like you didn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. But I would have asked you anyway. Exactly. <laughs> and that's only because I'm not friends with any WNBA players. I'm <laughs> Oh yeah, I remember we were talking about potential guests and you and you and Laura were like, we should get someone from the WNBA to do layup. And I was like, uh, no, Kayla's doing it. And I was like, cool, yeah, that's that's true. Also, we don't know anyone. So I don't know why we would have thought that we would do that. No, Kayla, this was delightful. I'm so happy you could do this with us. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, do you have anything you want to tell our readers about your social medias, your works? Uh, yeah, so I am Kayla Kumari everywhere on social. It's K-A-Y-L-A-K-U-M-A-R-I. Um, that's what I am on everything. So um, like a lot of people, I'm extremely online now. So that's where you can find me all the time. <laughs> You're always extremely online. not just Yeah, that's now. true. I'm just extremely online in general. <laughs> Not that, I, that would be like change. me saying that I'm suddenly extremely online. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. You can find to Ellen Beck on Twitter and Instagram at to Ellen Beck. You can also find Reese at AutoWin and AutoStraddle at AutoStraddle. And you can find me at CarlyTron. We also have an email address if you'd like to email us, which is to ellenbackcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have a hotline, 971-217-6130. We've got merch. We've got to Ellen Back uh, tees and stickers at store.autostraddle.com. Uh, yeah, and also be sure to check out our fundraiser that will enable us to either keep existing, keep doing this podcast, or if it doesn't work, we'll see. Um, so please donate to it. Uh, we appreciate your support, and uh, everyone here appreciates your support a lot. Can you tell them where to find 
the fundraiser? Oh, yes. Autostraddle.biz. B-I-Z. Great. Is where you can find info about the fund. Funds raiser. Fundraiser. Because we're raising fun. Love that. <laughs> our theme song is by B. Steadwell. Our logo is by Kara Sykes. And this podcast is produced and edited by Lauren Klein. And now we do our L words. Okay, I'm ready. Kayla, are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> One, two, three. Alicia Lotus. <laughs> Kayla, what did you say? I said Lotus. Uh-huh. Reese, Reese, what did you say? I said uh, L.A. Lakers. Nice. I said uh, Laisha Clarendon, who is a WNBA player who is, I believe, non-binary. Um, and oh. I think that's very cool. I thought you said elevator, really cool Reese. <laughs> you thought I said I like, elevator? I was like, that's a loose interpretation like, oh God, of an L word. Tell her? That's funny. I'm going to use that next week. Don't don't tell Reese. Le, le, um, hmm. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Bye. Yeah. Bye, guys. Have fun playing sports indoors. Have fun playing at home. Fisting, fighting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, great job. This is the way. It's the way.